Hello and welcome back to another episode of Films and Friends. My name is Josh. I am joined in the studio by Tobias. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> and we are joined this week by Ellie. Hello. So how about to start these is just for you to introduce yourself. So uh, what do you do and how do you know either myself or Tobias? Okay, hi, I'm Ellie. Um, I am a final year student and I know you guys from the newspaper, as does everybody on this podcast pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's our, it's our own... We're like our own cult. Well, it's We're friends. It's films with friends, right? Or films, films with friends. co-workers. Films with <laughs> colleagues. <laughs> but, yeah, so you edit the society section. I do, yes. That's my section. And you've had some very solid coverage this year. Oh, I Yeah, we're, we're kicking it up a notch over here in societies. It's not a sexy section. We know this, but we are working hard to make it so. <laughs> what is your favourite society you've spoken to this year at university? Oh, I mean, favourite society that I've spoken to? Gaming are always good crack because they're they're always you know as as the title would suggest they're actually they're, you know they're good crack. Um, who else? They're just they're all good. They're all good. Uh, Sexpression are really interesting. Actually, we just did their uh, coverage of one of their events and they're so cool. They like go into schools and they do like sex classes. Not that sounds weird. Like sex <laughs> workshops for kids in like teaching them about sex and what it is and what it isn't and like relationships. It's really good. One article I'd highlight people to go on the internet and find is the one where you spoke to the members of the Young Conservative Party. <laughs> That's a very funny article. Yes, oh my gosh. Well, see, well, the thing was I didn't actually speak to them. I spoke to, like, Tories who don't come, like, who aren't in the party because mm. they don't want to, like, label themselves as a Tory. Okay. It's great. So, to take it from politics to film, which oh. is a weird segue, uh, so um, how about to start, basically, is for you to just talk about some of your favourite actors, writers, genres, directors, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. We have discussed this in the office before I came on. I do not watch films. I do not like films. Um, <laughs> the reason that I say this overly is just because I find them, like, too long and, um, like, just a bit... Not, not boring. I wouldn't say that I find them boring. I just find them, like too much but oh, wait can I start that again actually please I need, I had this all written out and I've forgotten what I was going to say it's <laughs> fine I've, 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 I'm reading something here it's just you've only really got genres here and you said mm. your, two, your two genres you actually do like are children's films and yeah. bad sharks films specifically bad in capitals yeah. not Jaws not Jaws Jaws is a good shark film that's the reason <laughs> But what, why do you like... Oh, my God, there's so many lists of bad shark films. <laughs> the best bad shark films. I've given you a list of the best bad shark films because I assume that you guys might not be super familiar with the genre, so I wanted to I'm sort not of, super familiar. No, so I wanted to give you... This is my personal list. You can find a few lists online of, like, you know, there's there's many. The, fil the genre is wide and deep, Plentiful. as the sea is, but um, these are my top picks. So, obviously, we have Sharknado... The series, there are five in the series. My favourite is Sharknado 3 because it has Jedward in it, if everyone remembers who Jedward are. I, of course, remember Jedward. Yes. Ha what? <laughs> <laughs> I I love Jedward. Like, I used... Well, I still I do, know. but I properly... When I was a kid, I loved Jedward. I had a poster. I had the calendar. I had them sign my phone, like... Because they're Irish, so, like, you know, they were about... And, like, yeah, so Jedward. And the, also, the third one is called um, Oh Hell No, just with no context <laughs> whatsoever. It's just Sharknado. Oh Hell No, which is great. Um, yes, yeah, so we've got Sharknado. Some of the ones that you might not have heard of, Sand Sharks, which is when... Um, sharks swim around in the sand and they attack beachgoers. You've also got um, shark octopus. I have heard of shark octopus, yeah. See, there's a bit of a, a debate within the shark uh, genre world <laughs> of, um, like, 
<laughs> of shark films that include other animals. So you've got um, like piranha sharks as well. You've also got um, three-headed shark, which is it is technically still sharks, but you know there's and there's like other like shark films that are also combined with other animals some people are against this because it's like not fully a shark film Mm. but shark octopus is great because you literally have a shark the head of a shark and then like the flailing limbs underneath of an octopus and it like projects itself out of the water with these films and like like bites things in the air it's so good it's great it's really really good just to be very clear this isn't satire no, we no. have had these conversations a long time before we ever oh, discussed yeah. even coming onto the podcast. Yeah. So if you want to continue with um, avalanche sharks, oh, wait, avalanche wait, wait, before sharks. avalanche sharks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Magic the Gathering trivia, Magic the Gathering okay. card game that yeah, I yeah, play. Yeah. Um, there is a card that is the shark to crab. The shark to crab. And it's a shark octopus crab hybrid. Shark um, li- literally, its description is creature fish octopus crab. And uh, yeah, it's just a strong creature that okay. gets stronger every turn. What does it look beast. like? You have a photo right here. <laughs> this is great uh, audio content. Okay, right, well, right, right, it's right, literally, right. yeah, uh, hammer I feel like, see, see, as a shark purist, I wouldn't enjoy that because it's not got a lot of the shark in there. I feel like I it's sort of a small percentage of shark. Um, Do you have like a, um, what's the word, a, a, a sort of acceptable proportion? Like the creature has to be 70% shark. Yeah, I prefer more shark than other animal, but it also just depends on the execution. Like I said, like with shark octopus, I can, I can get on board because I think it's very funny the way they have combined the two animals and the movements of which, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Avalanche Sharks is one of my all-time favourites. It's about... Um, it's a ski resort, and then these sharks get melted out of um, ice, like ice cap, like icebergs, whatever you call them on land, and then they start swimming around in the in the snow and like coming up from the snow and, and getting like people. Oh, it's great! It's so so good. Um, shark Lake's good, although it's a bit more tense. Swamp Shark's also good. Ghost Shark is great like it is really really good because it's literally like there's just like people doing stuff and then this like badly cgi ghost shark just comes out of nowhere like literally out of nowhere it's so good great well the recent thing i watched um i'm a huge fan of the corridor digital youtube channel basically corridor digital are a visual effects studio based in la Mm -hmm. and they start doing just i don't know they, they they get a video and be like hey it's a nerf gun but it shoots real bullets and that was kind of the joke of the video but they've now started doing behind the scenes um where they break down vfx shots from films and they bring on experts okay and one of the ones they did recently on the vfx breakdown was um jaws 3d right okay as in jaws had a 3d film <laughs> come out in 80 something right okay and it has this shark that is literally a, a 2D image of a shark with a black outline on it mm-hmm. that just kind of comes towards the screen mm-hmm. and then the screen shatters <laughs> like it's glass. Oh, it's so good. It's this, awful. Yeah, this is why the genre is so great because of how bad the special effects are. Like that's obviously why a lot of people love it. It's also because of the like the terrible script writing, the acting. Like it's there's just so many. It's like the perfect storm of a genre. It's brilliant. Do you actually like sharks? I think that sharks are the most terrifying creature on Earth. Did you know that sharks are immune to like all known diseases? They also never stop swimming because they can't, like, that, that's how they breathe, so they literally physically never stop. Yeah. Did you know that the internet had to be shark-proofed? 
I will explain. The cables that oh, the like cable. the cables that run like through the ocean to like make the internet work had to be shark proofed. Therefore, the internet had to be shark proofed. Man, I wish the sharks would have succeeded. The world would be a better place. Yeah, they're scary, man. Sharks have truly broken the internet, which is a meme that's far overused. <laughs> but yeah, but I would oh, love man. I would love to see an oiled up shark with a bottle of champagne in a PVC dress. Ooh, that's an image. That is an image. Kim Shark Dashkin. I'd be done. Kim I'd be Sh- up. Nice, I like yes. it. <laughs> and there we have the podcast name. Yay! Yay. Already. I'm ready about it. 10 I minutes in. But, but going back to what you said before, mm-hmm. um, before you were talking about sharks, yeah. you were saying that you don't like films. No, I don't like films. I Okay, something you should know about me, which you probably already got, I'm a bit of an internalizer. So when I watch something that I like, I want to then just absorb it into me. So I I rewatch everything. Like I'm now on my eighth run of The Office. I will be starting my ninth soon. I'm not joking. Um, all of the films that I watched as a kid, I can nearly like I'm. I've got like quite a good order. Od- audio memory auditory memory so i can i can near enough recite them like and i i just learn like i properly properly just like internalize things so what i think i found as an adult is when i watch something that i like or if i watch something new i'm just so resistant to it because i don't already know the words to it. oh. it's the same with music like i think maybe one of you is maybe chatting to i don't listen to a lot of new music because one of my joys of, of listening to music is I love singing along. So whenever I'm listening to new music, I don't know the words, so it's not as fun, do you know what I mean? See, I'm quite the opposite when it comes to, um, basically the content I consume. I like kind of the breadth of it. So this week I was listening to um, Thundercats 2017 album, mm-hmm. uh, Drunk. I was listening to it, and I love the album, and then I realised I've only listened to the album the whole way through about two or three times mm. but I love his work and it's just like that with a lot of music I'll I'll love it but then I'll meet people like oh you have like listened to a song they'll pull up the stats on Spotify and it's like oh I listened to a song like a hundred times mm. I'm like mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever listened to a song a hundred times <laughs> oh, that's in my me. lifetime that is so me yeah I'm that I'm that person I find that I have to ha- there's a very there's a sort of a, a very good zone for me between the first time I ever listened to an album even if it's an album I'll end up loving I very very like it on the first listen I always feel a bit weird towards yes. it, and then after another couple of listens, I'll enjoy it, and then when I over, then I'll then obviously I'll overdo it, and then I'll hate it. Yeah. And there are some albums that I still try and avoid listening to, even though I want to, just to try and preserve them not being overplayed to death in my own mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally fair. see that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the not liking films surprisingly, mm-hmm. you expect us to, you know, us film fans to be <laughs> annoyed, yeah. but. But genuinely, I understand how there's people who don't enjoy... Not enjoying music is one that I don't understand, but um, not, don't enjoy reading. Just sort of don't mm. enjoy the process of having to, you know, imagine and internalise and the whole process. And honestly, that's fine. Yeah. They're I missing think, out on something. I think the other there. thing is, like, so I like watching stuff I already know. I'm very much a creature of habit in that way. I also, I was discussing it with someone recently because they were like, are you serious? Like, are you joking? And I was like, to be honest, I say that I don't like films and that sort of, like, allows me to sort of, you know, joke about it and stuff. I think the other thing that I do find, though, is that I, when I watch a film or if I watch something, I really get into it. So if it's anything sad, if it's anything slightly unpleasant in any way I find it really hard to not like fully let that take over me because because he was saying like no but it's like cathartic you know you just have like a good cry and like then it's all out and it's all over and I was like no No. for me it's so not that experience it's three weeks like okay let me tell you one of of the first like ways I realized I don't really like films I watched Titanic they made us watch it in school 
And I am not joking you, you can ask my friends from home. I mourned for like two straight weeks. I would go to school, I would go home, I would go and lock myself in my room and I would just oh lie no. in my bed and cry because I just find it so distressing. Oh. Do you know what I mean? And I think like if when we talk about films I don't like, I've written all films and then I've also like specifically anything sad, war films, don't go near them, don't touch them. Anything scary, like I watched. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it later. But I watched *The Woman in Black* with my mum, and I'm still terrified of like any. Like I can't, I, I cannot get images out of my head. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the real reason I don't like films, and it's also yeah. why I only really watch kids' films because well, they're safe. <laughs> it shows a great amount of empathy, though. Yeah, but, but that, I mean, they're like. <laughs> well, no, no, but I, 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 I've kind of gone through a bit of a similar thing where. When I was a teenager, a lot of films I'd watch, and it you know it just makes sense when you think about how you know as a teenager you don't really have your empathy fully developed. There were so many films mm. that I'd watch, and I'd be like, well, yeah, sure, that's like maybe scary or that's I don't know impactful, and it didn't really hit me. Whereas mm. now I was watching I don't know two weeks ago I watched Train to Busan, mm. but right at the end the guy, um, well I can't really, I won't spoil it, but basically there, there's an emotional flashback, and I and during that emotional flashback I was like. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, I feel mm -hmm. that pull of the heart strings. Mm -hmm. No matter how cheesy it is, it was like, yeah. you know what? I can feel the emotion in the moment. So, yeah, I get, I get the empathy yeah. actually getting to you sometimes. I'm just like, look, it's two hours of my life. There's enough sadness in the world. I just want to watch some, like, happy colours and fun songs go across my screen. Like, that's it, you know? That's all I want from a film. <laughs> so, on your list, you said that the best film ever made, in your opinion, is uh, Shrek 2. Oh, yeah. What makes Shrek... I mean, to be fair, I, I can understand why you wouldn't go for three or four, because they're objectively not very good. What oh. makes Shrek 2 <laughs> better than Shrek 1? Thank you for asking that. Okay. Right. Shrek 1, one of the greatest films of all time. I love it. My dad is from Scotland, and we watched it in Scotland. Here's a funny story. I... So we watched it when we were there, and I thought that Shrek had a Scottish accent because we were in Scotland. I thought they had dubbed it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I watched it there, and obviously loved it. And then went back to Northern Ireland and didn't watch it for a while, and then watched it again because obviously I watch everything again. And I was like, "Why is he got? Why is he still Scottish? Sure, why is he still?" I was so convinced that it was just because he, we were in Scotland. Well, you, you, you know what? I can, I can kind of. I can sympathise with that because um, in Spain, where I grew up, we used to watch a lot of um, Disney films on VHS at school, mm -hmm. in like preschool and primary. And of course, in the VHS era of dubbing, they didn't really have like the money or, or, or resources to dub films for each country. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, well, we need a neutral accent that will work for Latin America and we may as well export to Spain, mm -hmm. Mexico. So okay. all the films had a Mexican accent, mm -hmm. um, specifically Mexican. So so many kids would be like, Aladdin in my head always sounds Mexican. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Yeah. But it's because but of the it. dub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you know, I mean, you probably know the story behind the accent, right? Of, of um, he just thought it was funny, right? He just thought as it was in, funny. Yeah, in, the whole film was dubbed and made basically not dubbed, you know, recorded yeah 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 and then mike myers was going through it and was like this isn't right i didn't know that they, just did, they did it, it again yeah did he, they? he did the whole film and i can't remember what his accent was uh, it's somewhere and, and he just was like this isn't right so he was like he needs to stop it so he redid it <laughs> i love that yeah. but it's because because my dad is scottish like sh like shrek 
to me so much of the like quotes from that film like we use in our like normal family dialogue just because like just like a donkey like you know that's that's just how like we speak about my dad is sort of within terms of Shrek. <laughs> you don't have to live in a swamp do you? I don't live in a swamp I do live by the sea which okay. is wet so it's a swamp. Close enough that's yeah. fair. But yes Shrek 2 okay Shrek, Shrek 1 is great Shrek 2 we've kicked up the animation a notch right we have also, then, uh, you know, this, Cameron Diaz is on board. We've got lots more Fiona, which is great. Although Fiona in the first film I actually really like as well, so that's good. But the cast for a kids' film, right? For a not massive... I mean, Shrek 1 was successful. I don't think... It, it's not Frozen, do you know what I mean? No, right? yeah. What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> Could be <laughs> anyone at this point. Anyone? Could I mean, be absolutely anyone. Right. Eddie Murphy, Ju- No, right. But... Okay, you got my Myers and, Ju- and, 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 and Eddie Murphy. Julie Andrews, right? Uh, John Cleese. John Cleese, Rupert Everett, Jennifer Saunders. This cast is star-studded of excellent British actors. How did they do this? It's right? not that... St- I'm looking at it now. It's it, not that no, star-studded. It Josh, Josh, do not fight me with this. John Cleese was... I mean, this was 2004, so <laughs> Julie Andrews, yeah. Julie, no, Julie Andrews. Julie, Ju- Andrews, Julie is Andrews is in come Shrek 2. Like, she? come on. Yes. yes. She's in... Yes. She, Josh, um, Josh. If you... <laughs> the move... So... The most important films of the 20th century, okay. you can split into like genres and, and decades. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. Musicals? <laughs> I thought you were going to say. No, I thought you were going to say Julie Andrews films and not Julie Andrews films. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, yeah. within, within the world of musicals, which mm-hmm. is what, the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. Julie Andrews oh, musicals are some of the most important and some of the best. Absolutely. Julie Andrews yeah. is a big deal. Also, The Princess Diaries. Fair. It's I one think. one of the greatest films ever. This is true. I think that the first Shrek is better. I think it's more self-contained, and I think, yeah, it's a very simple story. It is a simple story, and it's lovely, and I agree with you, but I also, I think you can't ignore the amazing cast in Shrek 2 and just, like, how lovely the whole film is. And, like, it's, it's like, it's a bigger version of Shrek, and I can see how, like, the simplicity of the first one is quite appealing. However, like, Julie Andrews... Julie, you're not allowed to swear on this, are you? I mean, you can if you want. I'll bleep Julie it out. Julie, King Andrews, like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What, what sound are we got? Don- donkey. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. Uh, it, it'll either be that, or it'll be something from The Sound of Music. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> would, would, uh, something will. Something will have just happened. Yeah. But I've not idea what it is but, yet. But like Ripper Everett as a spoiled prince, and then you have that amazing takeaway scene when John Cleese is in the car, and then Jennifer Saunders is like, "You made me some- do something I really don't want to do," and he's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna get murdered," and then she's like, "My <laughs> diet is ruined." Like, <laughs> so good. But here's the important Shrek question. Okay. One of my favourite things about Shrek, mm-hmm. uh, as in all the Shrek film, well, Shrek one too, is the little gangs that yes. aren't that, that just make they happen, mm-hmm. and they're not. No importance is placed on them. It just kind of builds the humour mm. of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is your favourite gag from the Shrek? Mine is the one in the first one where they're talking about his castle and he goes, oh, he must be compensating for something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, also, like, Lord Farquaad, like, obviously that's very much meant to be, like, I mean, I don't want to keep swearing because you have to keep covering it, but, like, it's just, so, like, Lord Farquaad's such a great character. Like, I love it. I, I mean, everybody loves, like, I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. Like, that's just <laughs> dumb, but really, really good. Yeah, there's so many great things about Shrek. I mean, I love a bit when, um, and it's just, it's so nasty, but it's so funny, when he's setting the table to eat alone, mm-hmm. right at the beginning of, of the first film, 
and he pulls out oh, the earwax God. from his ear, oh, yeah, molds it so into the shape of a candle, yeah, yeah. plucks the hair so he's standing up and turns it on as a candle. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> it's so good. It's so great as a kid when you're watching that, and you know when you're like that age and you're uh, like, it, you gross, know, you're just... The grosser the funnier. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah, so good. Have either of you two seen Shrek the Musical? No. I saw God, the I, I saw the original West End run featuring <laughs> the guy who's in White Gold, the uh, Amanda Holden, some geezer who used to be in EastEnders, and not uh, what's it called? Um, the uh, Richard Blackwood. Sorry, you, White Gold. Do you mean Ed Westwick? No, no, with the old guy. The, oh, the, Nigel the, Lindsay. Yeah, Nigel Lindsay. Yeah, it was him, Amanda Holden. Um, yeah, some guy who used to be in EastEnders and Richard Blackwood. That, see, you want All-Star cast? Yeah. That is, that is, a, right. that is an All-Star cast. Yeah. Actually, I think the day we saw it, most of them were understudies anyway because they were all ill. Oh, really? I think a man holder might have been the only one who was actually there. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, that was a good, that was a good time. It's just brought so much joy to the world. Well, I've just look, looked it up. Shrek the Musical isn't written by Andrew Lloyd Webber, unsurprisingly, <laughs> and that makes me happy. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. I just love it. So, uh, other other kids' films, yes. you say, you just basically, said basically anything animated, yeah, I, which is Yeah, I broad. really wanted to be an animator when I was younger, so I was really into, like, animated films. I very nearly went to art school for it. So, like, um, yeah, I, re- I always liked watching animated films for the I like bright colours and the fun stories, but also just for the skill of it. I really enjoy. Oh, the cutest um, tweet I saw uh, this week was this animator. She tweeted out two photos... And mm-hmm. on one of the photos, um, in both photos, she was standing at the doors of Pixar Studios. Yeah. And the first one said, 10 years ago, I said one day. Oh, Yesterday, I said day one. I yeah, I saw it. that tweet as well, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's cute. The one that scares me the most here, quite literally, is Coraline. Yes. Oh, yeah. How can you find any enjoyment in that oh, no, I love body it. horror nightmare? <laughs> You said you don't. You put legs. You don't even like horror films. No, no, I don't like horror films. Coraline is brilliant. Okay, so I came to Coraline um, having read it first because mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman's my favorite author. Um, and f- interestingly enough, the Wiley, you know, the friend that's in. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, He's actually not in the book. Um, is he but, not at no, all? no, they added that, and Neil was like, "Yeah, that's a good idea. She needs a friend." Um, yeah, no, I loved. I just love the artwork of it. Like that was that was the film that made me. I'd always been interested in animation, and my dad like used to do it with me and stuff. But that was the film that made me go, "This, that's what I want to do." It's stop motion animation specifically. Like mm-hmm. I love um, Lake as a production company. Love. Um, no, I just think it's so good. Like the, it's so fun. Like Mr. Babinski is hilarious, and like it's such a. And, and again, Jennifer Saunders is in that film. Don French is in that film. Um, I just love it. I just love it. I, I don't. I get that it's a little bit scary. The only part, a point that I was scared at the end was whenever she turns into like that spider like situation, which is a bit yeah. But it's, I don't think so, it's scary. so interesting. So you find so what you find scary is the the in your face scary stuff. Because what got to me mm. about Coraline, if it was one is. I'd say it's possibly the most, or one of the most unsettling films I've ever seen. Really? I put it up there with, like, how unsettled I felt watching stuff like Hereditary. Okay. And, like, genuinely... Really? That's so interesting. There was something so... Like, watching the whole f- mm. film, at every single moment, I thought there is something very wrong <laughs> with this world, with that character, yeah. with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's just there. It's just sitting there. Yeah. 
in the air. There's there's some really uncomfortable points. Like I think the whole like parental abandonment part is like that's that is oh, hard yeah, to watch. Pretty, like yeah. that when she's alone and she realizes that her parents are not they haven't just left her, but they're trapped. Like that's difficult. I also think the part where um, you realize that the other father is just a puppet and he's like, I think whenever you realize that the other the other characters who aren't the other mother have a little bit of agency, but not enough to sort of be able to fight her that's mm. scary i think that's something that a lot of people find scary about it um, yeah it's just uh, it's quite scary and also the um it tim burton produced it yeah right? he, uh, henry selick directed it henry selick yeah, directed yeah, it yeah. but tim burton produced he had a it. hand in it but he, yeah it's, it's that it's look that, that i also exactly, find quite yeah. unsettling because a lot a lot of people tim burton i've written as one of my favorite directors i'm one of two <laughs> like he's probably <laughs> the only one that i actually have any kind of like real history with not in real life obviously yeah, personally no yeah yeah me and tim good buddies but you know like <laughs> as in like for a long yeah. time i've watched his films um but yeah no he actually didn't do Coraline, which a lot of people assume he did because mm. of the way it looks but he didn't yeah. So to move on to another thing you put here, which I really, I'm really enjoying the uh, subheadings you put here. <laughs> My favourite one is the the last one, which is actual films that I do actually like. <laughs> uh, we include Scott Pilgrim vs the World, Rock Horror Picture, What We Do in the Shadows, and Sunshine on Leith. Before you start, I've been to Leith. Went last You've been year. To Leith. It's f- sunshine on Leith. Not right. <laughs> Wait. No, it's beautiful. It's Sunshine lovely. Oh, have Leith you seen Sunshine on Leith? Have either of you seen Sunshine on Leith? I have, Leith? but it's one of those films that I've watched and I've completely forgotten, so I cannot remember what? anything about How? it. But okay. I have watched it. How did you forget? Literally, my I probably would say it's my favorite film. I, I don't probably know. like I, uh, for me that's like I don't really have a favorite film. Mm. But if I was gonna have to pick one out of effort, anything I've written on, right? For people who don't know what Sunshine on Leith is, imagine <laughs> Mamma Mia. But for the Proclaimers, <laughs> who sang, if you, again, if you don't like 500 Miles, um, yeah, it's great. So the Proclaimers are my favourite band. Okay. And also, like I said, like I used to go to Scotland like two, three times mm. a year. Um, lots of fun memories. And yeah, Sunshine and Leith is just like Mamma Mia, but for the Proclaimers. And yeah. it's great. No, to be fair, if anyone is listening from Leith, I do apologise for what I just said about your <laughs> glorious town. But when I went, it was the middle of December and it was absolutely chucking it down. And it was one of the most bleak places I've ever visited. Yeah, but that's why, like, that's all the films. Like, sunshine only. Sunshine comes from within in Scotland, right? Because <laughs> it very rarely comes from the sky, so you have to make it yourself. I, I do actually quite like the, the Proclaimers songs. It is a very nice song, Sunshine oh, so Leith. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, no, it's great. It's really, really good. So, I'm so like, I'm looking at this and it's just like a void in my mind. It's how I felt about a film that came out in, I think it was like 2014, called Dope. Mm-hmm. And it came out and ASAP Rocky was in it at one point. Um, <laughs> that he's in a scene, I think. Very similar to the Proclaimers style music, actually. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but but see where the relation is there. I watched that film and I watched it at the time and I thought it was, it was alright. Like, I, I thought it was enjoyable. And then a couple of years later, I saw a clip of it on some YouTube video. And it just clicked in my mind. I was like, I have seen this film and I don't remember anything. And that's kind of mm. how I feel like... Fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of ignited like a weird fever dream in you, I think. It's like a fever dream, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before we move on to your least favourite films, the last thing I just want to touch on slightly mm. is... Um, so in your other uh, favourite director, you included Attacker Watiti. Attacker Watiti. Yeah. Attacker Watiti. And you also included What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. What is it about... Taka Wahiti that you particularly like his I, films. So me, me and my friend, me and my best friend Sophie um, from home, and all of our group, um, we used to make a lot of films when we were kids. Like I say, films. We used to make dumb, like short, sort of five minute long, very silly kind of um, comedy type things. And when we watched what we do in the shadows, all of us were like 
I haven't laughed so much at a film probably ever. Like, but just we watched it and we just saw what we did, but in that, but at a very a much higher level, and I just find it so funny. And I just think it's I just think that that film is so brilliant and hilarious. Um, so yeah, and then I also the only film that I actually went to see in the cinema last year was Jojo Rabbit, um, and obviously he directed and, and acted in it, and I just think it's brilliant. I just think it's great. So that that was the only reason I've written him down because he's the only other director other than Tim Burton that I've watched multiple films of and could name. <laughs> but well, have you heard that he's doing two projects for Netflix? Mm-hmm. One of them being a remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, really? oh, and the other one up. being one that is specifically um, focused on the Oompa Loompas. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, love, I mean, I'm not a fan of remake culture, but that sounds, that's more, hey, more interesting. If, if the Oompa Loompas are like Korg <laughs> from Gar- um, Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> I would be so pleased. I love that style of writing that Taika mm-hmm. Waititi does. Oh, he's so good. That that's so funny. would be phenomenal. Have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? Either yes, it's fantastic. It's so Have good, isn't it? Right, it's a, it's a, docu- <laughs> it's a mockumentary fake, obviously, but yeah. it's a mockumentary yeah. of like vampires trying to live as housemates in New Zealand, and it's just like, yeah, it's like a flat, so... It's like a flat share comedy, yeah. but with vampires, yeah. and it is just like, it's really, oh, so really good. understated. Like, when I... First, I didn't really get into it really for the first half, and it's it's really like a really understated film. But then when you actually get into it and you realise what he's trying to do, it is really really funny. Uh, I need, I really do you need, need to, to watch, watch it. it. It's only about an hour and a half. It's really short as well. It's, yeah, have you have you have you seen a Wellington Paranormal? No, I wouldn't. Wellington Paranormal is a TV show um, which is kind of like a spiritual sequel to what we do in the shadows. Okay. So it was created by Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Jermaine Clement. Oh, he's um, also great. But he, but then it's just held yeah, by yeah. Jermaine Clement just directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Taika Waititi was just part of the concept stuff. But it's basically yeah, same kind of like a mockumentary uh-huh. where they investigate paranormal oh, stuff. So but good. the paranormal stuff is kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very like The Office kind of, yeah. but vampires basically, and in a flat show rather than in an office. But I I, I need to watch that. I'll, you do. I'll make time for that next it's week. It's great. So, to take it from there to some of your least favourite films, mm. actors, genres and directors. So, other than all films, so <laughs> which, so out of the sad films, war films, superhero mm-hmm. films, Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings or horror, which one would you like to talk about? Which one I like, I mean... Which one do you want to rant about the most? Well, okay, so sad films, war films, I'd, I hate them. They made us watch Schindler's List in school and that was another very deep depression of my life. <laughs> like, I find it, thing. I just find it so hard to like not get full on mm. swept up in that and like that, yeah, I just find it too hard so I just stay away. Any kind of war, like I listened to you talking about um, Dunkirk a few weeks ago and all that, I just can't, I can't, I can't watch stuff like that because it just, it takes me weeks to come back from it, do you know what I mean? Mm. I can't just watch that and then be like, that was like, I can see all the value in that. It's like, that was horrible. <laughs> um, superhero films, I'm just, I've never been a fan of. <laughs> My friends were all really big into that kind of stuff, like the whole Marvel, DC universe, and I've just never been able to get into it. I'm just like, eh. Um, Lord of the Rings, I thought was going to be pretty controversial, but I hear that I have another Lord of the Rings hater. Yeah, no, I don't get me. them. I have an utter inability to get really into the lore of anything so mm. i find the hobbit and lord of the rings so complicated mentally yeah. that i just just my brain as soon as you start getting into it my brain just starts turning off anything you have to create another language for oh word, is yeah. not yeah. is just the same with um same with reason i never really got into like star trek and stuff there's just too much of it yeah. see why there's something strange about i agree with you but there's something strange about lord of the rings which i kind of enjoy so stuff like Star Trek or Doctor Who, mm. I don't find it believable. Whereas but you the... find Lord of the 
saying well, it's believable. That's it's not, ridiculous. Well, it's not believable in the sense that I'm like, yeah, that could have actually happened. But it's just something about it, the way the world's been crafted, the way it's kind of there is a history in it, mm-hmm. the way it, the, there is this political evolution that you can see over time if you actually look at the law, which I, I've looked at, but I don't care for that much. It just kind of, it's very well grounded within its own creation. Okay, I have a counterpoint for you. I feel like Lord of the Rings fans always come at you when you say you don't like Lord of the Rings. The first thing they say is like, oh, but it's so so good, so detailed, and oh, there's so much love. And I'm like, but that's not a replacement for an actual storyline. Yeah. Well, I think which the story's good, no, no, I think it's a story no, about friendship. No, it's, just a, no. it's an epic storyline. <laughs> it's not that's an epic storyline. Okay, okay, okay. Right. What? <laughs> there's a ring, right, that has to be put into a mountain. Why don't they just get one of those Blubber, you fools. bird things to just fly over there? Like, I just feel like they take three films I mean, that and is that a big are all, like, hole. three hours long. When the eagles appear, you're like, oh, why, why didn't word. you just get the eagles and first? Can Gandalf not apparate? Like, <laughs> like, he just pops up. I don't off. think that's the case. No, but he does just pop up out of nowhere every now and then, right? Is that not... there, I don't think teleportation is a magic skill that Do you is not... really well, well. I don't know. I just think there was, there's so many things that could have been done in that story that would just save everybody all the heartache and all of us having to watch it. Jesus. <laughs> like, I think the answer is read the books because I think that's oh, different. I've got, so I've got the book. I've got the book. And book. also, right, this is another thing that I always have an argument with Lord of the Rings fans of. What's his name? Fro- Sam? Sam Wise? First of all. Gamgee? Sam Gamgee? Yeah. He is so in love with Frodo and no one will admit it. Like, that, their relationship is so homoerotic and well, nobody will admit. They're like, no, they're just well, really good friends. I'm like, no. Some of the biggest films from the 2000s were about two guys <laughs> going up a mountain to destroy a ring. <laughs> which which films mean... am I talking about? You don't know. <laughs> no, but like the way that they get on in that film, like he's so completely devoted to him, and like it's so romantic, and just nobody will admit it. And I'm like, guys, come on, like. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I think that you did make you actually you made a good point. To be fair, Toby, <laughs> when you said that it's to do with the world building, and it's the reason I used to really like Doctor Who when I was a kid, and I watched it when it from when it came just after when it came back, when David Tennant was doing it, and I got up until just before Peter Capaldi, before I tapped out and thought it was mm. absolute rubbish. Because the thing about Doctor Who was they, it, it isn't, it wasn't in a world with a set of defining principles. Yes. And I think that's the only thing I can appreciate yes. about I agree. I, I, the only thing I can appreciate about stuff like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, even though I can't get into it personally. The entire, it's something of epic scope where everything is defined Whereas with stuff like Star Trek and Doctor Who, like stuff with like sci-fi elements, there's always the ultimate get out of jail free card of like, mm-hmm. oh, they changed the history. Yeah. Like I've watched it. I I even tried rewatching Doctor Who and all the stuff with like River Song being mm. Amy's daughter and all that. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Does not make does not make the blindest bit of sense at all, and it's just the most overcomplicated mess of just trash well even as a kid it didn't make sense to me stuff like the daleks so my dad would say oh i, I was terrified yeah, of my Dr. Mom's Daleks. Like, yeah, were terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then my brother and i would laugh and we're like we'll just run up the stairs like daleks can't go upstairs <laughs> yeah, but and then, then, no they can now they can like fly and stuff and i was just watching i'm like well, you you made a character yeah. that is terrifying for one reason then mm. everybody just laughed at it for a certain reason so you fix it by making it fly but it's just kind of I don't know, just not acknowledging yeah. the stereo stuff would I, kind like, of be... I love Doctor Who. Like, I full-on love it. I still do love it. I, although, I, I talk, Peter Quality is where I kind of tapped out as well, to be honest. But I do think you have to take it with, like, a little sense of, like... 
they're trying to keep it going. It's an institution. They're going to mess around a little bit sometimes. Let it die. Let things die. To be fair, no, I agree with you. I think my favourite Doctor Who episodes are the ones that are standalone. My th- the thing I like about Do- Doctor Who, which I think was why I've been able to stick with it, and you know, in contrast to say like Lord of the Rings, because you can usually you you dip into one episode. There's one storyline. You're in one world, and then you come back from that. So like Silence in the Library, Blink, mm-hmm. like those episodes which are full on standalone. Blink. Library, yeah, so I know fun. it's mad, but like that's why I think that's I like it because it's like not so. But then whenever you get into all the overarching, really, I think once yeah. as soon as a history starts to be built, I'm just like nah, boring. Yeah, I think I think the first even the. F- but actually, the first Matt Smith series wasn't too bad. It was the second Matt Smith series when it did just become... There was so much going on mm-hmm. that if you missed bits of other episodes, yeah. it just it, like the overarching yeah. plot of it all was just really excessively complicated. Right. Doctor Who's great when you can just watch one, enjoy yes. it, and leave. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I think that's one thing Black Mirror did quite well, even mm. though it's not really the same. Mm. It's still quite a science fiction genre, is that when you do it in terms of an anthology it does make it a lot easier to keep it going and not make it yeah. feel old and really complicated and convoluted. Mm-hmm, definitely. Although I would, having said that, I was a bit disappointed in the third series and they said they were going to start bringing some of it together into like an overarching thing and they didn't really. They just showed some props from previous episodes. All right, okay. That was a bit gutting, Black, really. Black Mirror is another one of those things where I was like, I, I built myself up to, to try something new and then I was deeply, deeply, like... Disturbed. <laughs> disturbed and never went back, yeah. <laughs> the first episode, I haven't... I didn't eat... Like I mean, I'm veggie. I'm veggie, but when I watched it, I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't eat meat for. Or I didn't eat any pork product for like a year afterwards. Like couldn't yeah. couldn't bring myself to do it. it was disgusting. Well, that's brilliant, simple to the point yeah, of storytelling no, where they get an great, idea, they go with it, and it's just again, it it's works. one of those things that has deeply affected me. Like I can't just watch that and leave again and come back to it thinking, yeah, I'm gonna really enjoy this. No, like, the most affecting episode of Black Mirror is Shut Up and Dance. I have never been more just like. That the the plot of that episode didn't leave me for um, two weeks afterwards. Mm. It have you seen it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like because to be fair, like what I it was I watched a load of them the day it came out, and I'd watched three in a row, and that was the last one I'd watched. And it was about two o'clock in the morning by that point, and I wasn't really paying that much attention, and I was sort of zoning in and out of it. But when you get that like, final reveal at the end of the episode, I just it's rough. I've never like I like most. I can't even describe it, but it's like I've never managed to not see something coming to that extent before. Yeah, like, it was really a- well hit. It is absolute, like, just, like, neck-breaking turn. I've seen it. Uh, no, no, I won't. I won't watch it. You won't. <laughs> no. well, we'll explain it after when we <laughs> yeah, cut when the recording to spoil it, but it, it's okay. quite something. It is, yeah. It's, I think it's probably... I think I, I think I said it was when I the Twitter thing about the best episode of TV from the last decade. I think it is the best episode of television from the last decade. Mm. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just lastly, we'll just touch a bit on horror because it's a... Th- not liking uh, horror films really is... This should just this podcast could just be cool to the sort of films <laughs> and not liking horror not films liking with horror. friends. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think every every week someone talks about that. So me and scary films... I, the, I've seen two scary films in my life and then I swore them off. Uh, scary film number one was, and I still think it's scarier than potentially other f- films, is The Haunted Mansion the Disney film with Eddie Murphy in it. Have you oh, ever seen that? I haven't, no. <laughs> Wait, Haunted, Have Mansion? Haunted Mansion. Eddie Murphy takes his family on a holiday and they end up in this haunted in this mansion. Is it haunted? It is haunted. Mental. I know. There's this like 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's another deep memory you've yes, unlocked. I'm I've just, seen I... this. <laughs> It's so scary. Do you remember when she gets trapped in the mausoleum and all the zombies start coming for her and then the, the spiders come all over the door? Yes. yes. It's so scary. Also, the bit where the creepy butler comes up at the end and then the hell mouth opens in the... Like, oh, it's horrible. It's a horrible film. You've, you're unlocking such deep memories. And then you've memories. got the, the weird, like, crystal ball lady who's, like, floating around in a room and she's... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Terrifying. I Terrifying. I do not think that that should have been allowed to be a kid's film. It was so <laughs> scary and it still comes to me in my dreams this day. The other scary film that I've watched is The Woman in Black, which... It's directed by the guy who did Stuart Little, Haunted Mansion and Stuart Little canonically. Yeah, no, whenever I say to people, like, oh, do you remember Haunted Mansion, how scary was that? No, like, Ellie, that's a Disney film, it's a kid's film. I'm like, yeah, and it was terrifying. Like, it was awful. But yeah. Woman in Black. Woman in Black. Um, yeah, I went to see it with my mum in the cinema and I was so... I mean, it's brilliant. Like, I think it's really good because it's just purely, like suspense mm. and I, I actually do like that kind of like I don't like watching it but I can definitely see the the merit in that whereas when it's just like slasher kind of yeah. stuff I'm like nah but um, like because it's literally like you, you're just looking at someone do some work and then you just see something slightly move in the background and it's terrifying like so clever but I went to see it with my mum and we my mom, we were watching it and it was literally like me and a couple of other people in the cinema and she was getting like further and further lower in her seat <laughs> and bringing her knees closer and closer and she just got to the point where she was sitting full on fetal position in the chair and she screamed when some like some jump scare happened and the guy just like in front of us just full on turned around and was like shh <laughs> I was like mum would you stop embarrassing me because I was obviously a teenager and really grumpy but yeah terrifying still scares me I think that people, especially of our age-ish, because we're about early 20s-ish, I think The Woman in Black is a defining point in a lot of our relationships with horror films because mm. it was one of the first horror films you could actually go and see because it was I think it was 12A in the end. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually a good point because there's nothing nothing bad happens in it. I mean, no, lots of bad things happen. Nothing, like, graphic happens. Yeah, it's very much... Uh, sort of the whole plot, I suppose, predicated in the idea of suspense and yeah. whether or not the woman in black is real or not. Is yeah, and pretty well, much it's more plot. just like how I think because like my, the, the book, like in in the in the film, there's a little bit of like relief at the end because he gets to like well, spoiler, he gets to go and be with his family. Like he dies, but obviously like his family are all there. Whereas in the book, the woman in black follows him to this like uh, like he's on a holiday and then he like she's still there and she's still like being like there's no mercy at mm-hmm. all whereas a little bit of redemption in that film but yeah it's like the the scariest thing in it is like a rocking chair moving do you know what I mean like which obviously like isn't scary I remember actually watching it at school you know when you put films on towards yeah. the end of the holidays and it was such a different experience because everybody was sort of chatting and you're like you know it's it's a darkish room but your teacher's there and it was completely not scary even though it's one of the films I think has affected me like the most but you have to watch it and buy into the suspense of it or it's not scary like. some of the m- most messed up horror films I've ever watched and I've been watching horror for about I want to say five, six years now mm-hmm. um, one of the first horror films I ever watched was at school and it was um, a Spanish film called uh, The Orphanage. Mm, and I've heard of this. It yeah. is <laughs> terrifying. I've rewatched it, and I still think that yeah, it was like it. It still one of the scariest films yeah. I've seen. And then one of the other scariest films, which I I don't know how the hell we watched it at school. <laughs> Sinister. Okay. Have you seen Sinister? No, no, I won't have. So so Sinister <laughs> essentially is a horror film basically about the boogeyman. Okay. Um, but what the boogeyman does in these films 
um, actually kind of like the woman in black, mm -hmm. when he's around a house or whatever, he makes, it, he causes the people in the house to murder each other okay. in horrible ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, um, right, right. yeah, yeah. But the most messed up thing about it is that the, the, the dad of the family, he's like, he either is a projectionist or that's what he does on the side. Mm -hmm. And he finds a reel of, of, of films. Yeah. And he's watching them in his sitting room. And they are the murders of the families that were in the house before them. Right. And uh, one of them yeah. is, um, it is absolutely terrifying. He's just sitting there watching this. Mm -hmm. And it's all kind of dark and it's very, it's very, like you watch it and it looks like a legit snuff film. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's really well done. It's scary. And basically the f family are lined up, tied up by the, uh, by, um, the pool uh -huh. and then the camera pans down and there's a lawnmower and the lawnmower uh, just runs over the horrific. family horrific no it's horrific it's yeah. one of the and like there's just bone crunching sounds and it's it's Blech. it's rough yeah yeah um why do people enjoy and that? We watch that at school you watch it at school yeah. why it's really good the film's really good and that's actually a really well placed touch of gore but man it what school did you go to? <laughs> I went to like an international Horrors. school. Yeah, it was like really calm. But some, yeah, someone, it was like Halloween. Someone was like, let's watch a horror film. Someone let's watch Sinister. Yeah. Like, I've got it on DVD. <laughs> cool. I'm imagining like kind of a, a quite a, a, an imposing looking uh, grey stone brick kind of castle style oh, school. That would have been amazing. Natural no, my school, graveyard. My school basically looked like a hospital. It was like very like yeah. clinical. Ugh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Covered Lovely. walls on each floor and it was... Love. Yeah, no, not imposing at all. You <laughs> never feel scared in that school. <laughs> so, on the subject of school, which we can relate to childhood for the purposes of this segue, mm. um, the last question we'd like to ask people is just, um, and I think we've touched on it quite a lot already, what films are meaningful from your childhood yeah. to you now? Yeah, yeah. So, is, is, do you think that a lot of the fact you did watch so many children's films, mm. they're the ones that are still meaningful for you because you watched them as a child? Do you think that's... I guess I'm saying, do you think that because you watched them a child is why you still like them now? Or do you think there are actually still elements of the films that you enjoy? It's not, is it, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it purely nostalgic? Oh, or see. are there still aspects of them that you enjoy now? Oh, yeah, definitely. I still enjoy watching, like, films, like, kids' films. Now, and it is just still... I mean, I don't I don't spend a lot of time watching films anyway, mm -hmm. but, like, when I do, it's usually something bright, colourful, fun, not going to be serious, not going to make me feel scared in any kind of way. Um, and, yeah, I just think... I, I mean, it's a lot of it's for nostalgia reasons. I also... I am that annoying person that will quote along with the film, like, <laughs> nearly every line. And I know it's annoying, but I just love it because I love, like, I love knowing, like, what the line is going to be and that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, like I said, Still Think Shrek 2 is one of the most, like, best films ever. Um, something I didn't write on the form, one of the other films that I, like, love and has really affected me was um, The Secret Garden, the old one. Did you ever watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, again, and again deep waking memory, up some deep, deep memories over here. Yeah, wow. I love The Secret Garden. And, like, um, that was a book that I loved as a kid. And, like, they're remaking it now, which I, I've looked at yes. the trailer and I do not like the look of it at all because I love the, the very sort of, like... The style of that film is, like, just... There's something... I, again, it's just something that I've sort mm. of internalised. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, with regards to, like, kids' films, what is your favourite Disney princess? Who would you say your Disney princess was? I'm trying to think of how many there are. How many are There's there? quite a few. There's some good choices. Um, I think, I think, oh God, that is a hard one. 
Because I feel like I feel like as a as a girl child, like in I mean, in the era I like when Beauty and the Beast, you I like, yeah, quite yeah. like the film, and mm-hmm. I quite liked. Um, well, I always thought she was like just a nice character. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there's some princesses which you, you're like you don't really have many redeeming features. Yeah, and they're actually yeah. Not a nice character to root for. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I thought I thought she was. She, yeah, she was. Belle, up there. Belle was always my princess, Belle, and my sister, little sister Rosie, she was always um, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty, and there she watched that film every morning, like until we both went to school. Like that was what we watched. That was the first thing we did in the morning was watch Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I wanted to know, like, what are you guys, the princess? I'm gonna go with Ariel from mm. The Little Mermaid. Oh my I god! I never liked The Little Mermaid. You never liked The Little Mermaid? No, I, I, mean, I don't love it, but like. <laughs> I had an experience with Ariel actually. When I this this year, well, this year that's just gone. Yeah. I went to Disneyland for the first time because I moved to Paris. Well, I moved to quite near Paris for my mm-hmm. year abroad, and then I um, was obviously really close to it, so I was able yeah. to go. So I went three times within the space of like four months. And I, as an adult, I was walking through Disneyland, very overwhelmed, very sort of like having this like amazing experience. And Ariel has never been my princess. I've never even loved the. I like The Little Mermaid, but like I've never loved it. Do you know what I mean? It's not ever been a film that I felt really, really like a lot of like strong feelings about. And I saw Ariel come towards me, and she was just walking, and she had that little, you know, the bodyguards that they have when they're walking around. I full on stopped in my tracks, like just I didn't even, I couldn't, I didn't. And the, the guy that was with me. He just like was like wait where's she gone and I was just stood there and I was just like completely like staring at her and she was walking towards me and I think she saw that I had just like something had come over me and I was just like rich stunned and she like just waved at me a little bit and then she just went on and I just started crying <laughs> I was just like I was just something I think when you grow up watching these films and like, like especially as a as a girl in the era where you were you know you did watch princess films and the boys didn't do you know what I mean yeah and um, there's something about those characters, and I saw, when I saw her in real life, even though I never really loved Ariel, I just something just She's like full on overwhelmed me. It was the same the same thing happened actually <laughs> with the parade, right? With the princes. I know that I wanted to ask you what your favorite princes as well, but oh, I was at the question. I was at the. You can be thinking about it while I tell you the story. I was watching the parade, and. Again, like I said, like we, me and my sister were massive. Like we always watched animated films, so Disney was a big part of our upbringing. And we were watching the parade come down, and your man Prince Philip, I think he's called from from a, from Sleeping Beauty. So this film that I'd watch yes. pretty much every day for about five years of my life before I went to school. Um, he was coming down and I just something really deep was just sort of ignited in me because I think you grow up sort of conditioned to sort of fall in love with these prince characters and I had never realised this but he was coming down with his wee sword and he was fighting these dragons and I was just like oh my word like full on shocked stunned and like completely like in awe of this and like so like sexually attracted to this guy even though I was like I didn't realise that I was really into princes but I think when I saw them in real life (laughs) something just really came over me I was just like oh my word but yeah what's your favourite prince? Are we talking officially because I'm looking at the official list here or can I go a bit left field with my choice? You can go left field field. I'm going to go for Jim from uh, Treasure Planet Yes. Oh, I'm laughing. Find Aladdin then. I'm laughing looking at this list, at the, the the wiki list of <laughs> Disney princes, and it's other Disney heroes. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Kermit is the main Muppet character created by legendary puppet artist Jim Henson. Love. He is not a Disney prince due to being a frog. <laughs> <laughs> well, that but that doesn't that doesn't but last. Hercules. Like mm. Hercules, he's not a prince. No, he's not a prince. But 
No, no, I'm talking about Prince, your favourite Prince. Prince, I always thought all the princes were just dumb. Aladdin's the top guy. I would, I'd, me, I reckon me and Aladdin get on. Yeah, Aladdin's good. Aladdin is good. Who's your favourite Disney villain? Ooh, favourite mm. Disney villain. Um, probably um Scar. Ooh, That's Scar a good is a shout, good one. Yeah, yeah just, Scar is a good just, one. He's just scary. Just he's mean. also very camp as well, which is great. Yeah, like is. I enjoy that whole yeah that whole thing. It's like he's evil, but he's also like very performative about it. It's great. Yeah, I think I'm looking at a list. I'm looking at a list of them here. I think the only other one I could say with any sort of a uh, Captain Hook. Oh, Captain Hook's great. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of a wrong Devil used to scare me a lot oh, as a child. See, to be fair. My, uh, yeah, my favourite villain is Maleficent. However, I think Cruella and Gaston are particularly scary because they are real. Like you, I have met and you will meet many Gastons in your life. Gaston's my favourite villain now. No, I have what? to agree with it. Other with Scar, I love Gaston. Ga- he's just great. Eh, see, Gaston is great as a character, but then when you when you experience the world as a woman and you meet many yeah, Gastons, that's true. That's true. you're like, uh, I mean, he's the stereotypical Chad. Yeah, he's just the worst. <laughs> he is just the worst. But yeah, like that and Cruella are the same. Like obviously, like you meet many people who want to kill little puppies and you don't want to kill yeah. little puppies, but. That's why I think Corella and Gaston. Lots of people? Yeah. You, well... hang, you hang out with the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's more of a damning indictment of yeah, your social if circle than anything else. There's one person that wants to kill puppies, yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> yeah. yeah you're around the wrong places. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Maleficent, as a non real villain, I think yeah. she's great. She's so, like, you know, sweeping about with her cloak and the, dr- the drama of the, the. She must prick her finger on a spinning wheel and die. It's great. Yeah, super good. And on that note, I think we'll leave the podcast there. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. Is Thanks, there anything you'd like to promote before you leave? Uh, no, I'm just chilling at the moment. You can come be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you should read the society section of the of the Mancunian, obviously, but we're about to wrap that up, which is super sad. We've only got yeah. one print edition left, but you can always read online. Um, you can read online, read previous previous. Yeah, read some previous editions, yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter at Josh Sandy and on Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh W Sandy. And I'm on all those platforms as Tobias Soar. Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.